0: Awesome, and I do sincerely mean this. I hope and pray you've had an awesome week. I hope and pray you're experiencing God and have an awesome Sunday with us this morning. We are very, very thankful that you've come, that you've, you've, you've experienced God, and that you are hopefully learning and trying to grow in your faith and in what we, uh, we believe as uh, the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ came to, to live and die for our sins, Amen. So I hope, pray that's happening. I would also like to also welcome anybody joining us, watching us online today. We're glad you're there too. Put something in the chat for us so we can see that you're there. One of our online campus pastors or facilitators are there for any questions that you may have or for any prayer needs that you have. Okay. So this morning we are going to wrap uh, up a series. I'm going to try my best to like put a cherry on top of this thing and wrap it with a beautiful bow or whatever you want to call it, uh, wrap up this powerful series that we've been doing. We've been on this thing for four weeks already, which is crazy to me. But We've been talking about game changers. Say that with me, game changers. Y'all sound alive, awake. Thank you so much. Any game changers in the house? Yeah? Man, y'all sound timid? Man, game changers ain't timid. Hey, man, any game changers in the house? There we go. It is way too nice outside for y'all to be quiet. Uh, and sheepish this morning, amen. So this is what we've been talking about, game changers, and how Jesus Christ literally changed the game. He rewrote the book. He rewrote history. He turned the world upside down and backwards for His glory. He changed the game. He transformed the world. In the modern-day church, you and I are spoiled, 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 spoiled because of His goodness. And we need to revisit what God has done. We need to not forget what God has done, right? Because Jesus Christ, he changed the world. We talked about some people, places, and things that have marked the world, right, that have changed the world for for good. But hear me, the internet, uh, electricity, uh, you fill in the blank, has nothing, all those great inventions, all those great things has nothing on Jesus. Jesus is the first and the last. Jesus invented all those things before he came. Amen. And so none of those things have anything on Jesus. Our hope is set in him. Our eternity is set in him. And so we've been talking about how he changed the game. And if he changed the game, for us, that means you and I can continue his legacy and to help make the world a better place. Amen. So look at that first recap point for today. And we'll get into the new part of our message. So we said this last week, kind of sum this all up, what we've been talking about the last four weeks. We said because of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, and the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, we can now, somebody say now if you're paying attention, walk out this game-changing realities of the new covenant of our daily lives. The new covenant gives us new life. And so we have a new promise, right? Jesus put the death to the end of the... The, the laws and rituals and regulations of the, the Ten Commandments and all the laws the nation of Israel had to, to observe and walk out through the book of Leviticus, and there's a lot. He, he, he crushed all that, and he says, now all you have to do is come to God by faith in me because I lay my life down for those who will come see and believe, right? And that, because of that, the new promise, the new covenant, you and I can now walk out these promises in our daily lives. And if you're not tapping into that good, that good news, and that's exactly what it is, what are you waiting for? Why are you continuing uh, to try and do life alone and do it your way? And you end up more frustrated and more upset than you did before. And it's just a cycle, right? God says, Trust me. Come see me. I'm for you. I've demonstrated, I've proven it forever on the cross, right? Christ changed the game so that we could live game-changing lives. Christ changed the game so that you and I could live game-changing lives. I want to be a game-changer for His glory. I want to see this church continue to to grow and to flourish. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. God has done amazing things in and through this church in a short period of time. Amen. Two and a half years we've been open, and we're just getting started. Right? And we can do those things because what Jesus did first. So let's look at Colossians 3, 10 through 17. I know some of y'all are like, we read this last week. And we're going to cover some of it again, but I want to give you some new verses from 13 through 17. I want to focus on those today. But let's look at verse 10 first. Let's, Let's look and see what we talked about last week. It says, first, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So last week we said if Jesus change the game so that we can live life-changing or game-changing lives, then something has to happen. Something has to change. And there's a new nature that you and I have to walk in and choose every day. We actually have to be clothed in, as we just read. And so last week, we talked about some of those, right? We talked about all those in verse 12. We talked about being clothed in tenderhearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And when we clothe ourselves in those things, when we walk in those things, when we live those things out, when they're manifested in our lives, We change the bubbles that we're a part of. We change our lives. We change our workplaces. We change our families. And in a roundabout way, right, we end up changing the world. We become game changers. We become world changers because the world doesn't live these things, right? The world says that they do. The world positions themselves and says that they they do, but they don't care. They don't care. And so church, we can't just say that we have these things, we actually have to walk them out. Amen? So what I want to do today, look at verse 13, we're going to read through verse 13 through 17, and he goes ahead and he lists some more for us, some more things that we need to be clothed in. So that's what we're going to talk about today as we wrap this up. So he says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the word, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Amen. That is a great statement. That is a great commandment for us. Some Listing some more things that we need to live out, walk out, to be clothed in. And when we have to remember and notice... That the things that I'm doing or the things that I'm not doing always go back to me being a representative for my Lord. So when I do these things, Christ gets the glory, right? Christ shines bright. The world sees Christ for who He really is. When I don't do these things, Christ is still represented, if you say you believe, right? So we have to, like I said, we can't, just, we can't just post the right things on social media. We can't just say the right things. You know, we have to be. We have to be the church, right? And, th- and th- this is how we do this. So we must be clothed in all these other things that we're going to talk about today. We have to be clothed in the forgiveness and the love and the peace and the thankfulness because this is how we represent Christ, if he's a world changer, he calls me to be a world changer. When I clothe myself in these things, I can also do the things that he did. So let's look at that first one, forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a game changer. If we could just get past the offenses, if we could just get past the hurts, if we could just get past the events that have traumatized us, the people that have hurt us, y'all, not only would we be set free, but we'd also begin to become world changers and game changers. Right? Because it's a game changer because when we forgive others, we do because we have to believe that He forgave us, right? God forgave us, so I have to forgive others. And forgiveness frees us from the bitterness of life and empowers us to have lasting, life-giving relationship. Here's the thing that the enemy does not want you to believe, know, or see. Forgiveness frees you, not the other person. Unforgiveness binds you. Unforgiveness keeps you locked in your past. Unforgiveness keeps you locked in bitterness and staleness. And unforgiveness, it also, it it, it separates you. It cuts you off from walking in the full blessing of God. Because if you refuse to forgive others, you can't receive the forgiveness that you need on a daily basis. And I don't know about you, but I need some forgiveness every single day because I miss it, man I miss it I still battle thoughts, I still battle things, I still battle doubt and I need his forgiveness so if I'm withholding forgiveness to my brother or my sister God says that his forgiveness is not available to me and that scares me because I need his forgiveness right, unforgiveness it bursts bitterness like I said and bitterness it, it, it spoils you from the inside out you ever met somebody who's, who's bitter, or who's just angry, who's just negative? Are those fun people to be around? And everybody around them can see that. Everybody around that knows that about them. And so we all have blind spots, so if that's not us, we've been there too. But what I want to say is that that bitterness, not only is it it robbing that person, right, from the daily joy that that God wants them to have every day, but it's robbing the relationships that they're a part of. It's robbing everything that they touch and and the people that they're around and the people that they place themselves around with, right? Because bitterness, the unforgiveness, it, it, it spoils us from the inside out. And church, we can't, we can't be on, on, on power. We can't have power from on high. We can't walk in power. We can't walk in, in peace and all these things if we're spoiled from the inside out. Come on, somebody. Right? We have to be cleansed and be made pure so that we can walk in power and authority. Right? Matthew 18, 21 through 22. I love this. You all recognize the scripture, right? Peter, don't you just love Peter? I love him. He was like the first one to always volunteer. Right? I'll, I'll go in. He, he's usually the first one to try and answer questions. And, and, I, and I love that about him, and, but he gets shot down a lot. <laughs> but, so Peter came to him and asked, so Lord, how often should someone forgive who sins against me? Seven times? And see, Peter was being pretty smart. He, he thought he was being pretty wise. we like, Jesus, right? If someone, if someone offends me, I, I know I need to forgive him. If I forgive him like seven times, I'm good, right? And that's kind of what he's saying. Uh, and Christ says, no, not seven times, Peter. Jesus says, but 70 times 7, you need to forgive that person. 70 times 7. Where's all my math whizzes this morning? How much is that? 490? When's the last time someone offended you and you forgave them 490 times? When's the last time you prayed their name 490 times for God to to forgive them and for God to bless them and to God forgive you for harboring unforgiveness in your heart towards that person? When's the last time you've done that? If we're all honest, probably never. But I can't guarantee this. Probably a lot of us 490 times have probably cursed that person. All you have to do is have a negative thought or curse that person 10 times a day for 49 days. Did you hear what I said? 10 times a day for 49 days equals 490 times. And so we are probably habitually over and over and over again harboring unforgiveness towards people who have offended us. And God is like, what are you doing? Yes, they hurt you, and I know some of us have been hurt. Y'all, I have been hurt. I was, I, I've been abused. I've been hurt. I was sexually molested as a young kid. I don't share that all the time, usually only at the encounters, but that offense, that thing that happened to me, it was not my fault. It's what the enemy used, that, un- that, that, that event to, to catapult me into addiction, right? And as I come on the other side of that, that I don't even know who that, that person is or was or what they're even doing, but sometimes I just say a prayer for that person. He's not out there hurting other little boys. Right? But what does the world say when something like that happens to you? What does it say? Get yours. Right? Curse that person. Do whatever you can to that person. Get yours. Church, we cannot live this way. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. But how is the kingdom of God? It's upside down and backwards, right? The, the forgiveness frees you, liberates your heart so that you can get all that, the best that God has for you. Amen? And that's what God wants to do. He wants to do that in and through our hearts. Amen? Let's look at that next one. So forgiveness is super key. It's super vital for us being world transformers and world changers. And this next one is love. And this And I don't know why we did it in this order. It's because of the way the scriptures fell. Love really should be at the top if we're doing this in a certain particular order, right? But love is, is, is a game changer. You know that, right? Because it, but this is why I love it. If you, if you study it out, if you look at it, how powerful love is. It has the ability to bind us together. It brings people from all different races, religions, creeds. It brings everybody together, right? Love is what connects us to community, enables us to experience life at its highest level. When I was in my addiction, I I cut myself off from all people, all my friends, and I was just doing my own thing. When I look back, I see how miserable I was, not just because I was disconnected from God, but I was disconnected on purpose. I did it to myself from other people. Because I didn't, I didn't, want, I didn't want relationship. I didn't want love. I feel like much of the world is, is in a way doing this. And I can't, I can't walk in the full potential of God if I'm not in right relationship with Him and right relationship with others, right? Because it's our love that binds us together. And here's the cool thing. Y'all, when we're connected, we can conquer. If love binds us together in connection, if we're connected under the banner of Jesus Christ, we can conquer. We can do some things. We can change the world. Right? And that's why forgiveness and love comes together because if, if I'm holding unforgiveness towards somebody, am going it's, it's a scheme of the enemy to, to, to divide and disconnect, right? Because if someone has hurt me, am I going to want to love that person? Not necessarily. Not, not emotionally anyway. See, but love is more than an emotion. That's what I want you to get this morning. Love is an action. Lo- lo- love is a choice. Who's been married more than five years? Bunch of hands. More than 10 years? Hands still more than 20 years? God bless those hands in Jesus' name. 30 years? Bless you, Miss Becky. That's, you're just per- that's just because you're perfect, right? But if you are married to somebody for any extended amount of time, is love a choice? Miss Becky's like, amen, brother. Where's Pete? I love you, sweet Pete. But is that person going to hurt you on accident and probably on purpose in 30 years? But you've made a commitment. You made a decision before God on your wedding day that in sickness and in health, right? Maybe we should say even in offense, (laughs) I'll choose to love. I'll choose to forgive. Right? Because the world wants to pervert that. Right? Now the world says, you know what? Oh, you just don't feel like you love that person anymore. You just don't feel the warm and fuzzies. Oh, they just don't look so cute as they used to look. Well, then just find somebody else. Am I preaching? That's what the world says. They condone that type of behavior. And if you're not in prayer, if you're not If you're not walking in the presence and peace of God and the forgiveness and the love of God, you will begin to believe the same thing. Well, you know what, God? They just don't treat me like they used to. You know what? This is getting hard. You're always praying for the other person. God, just change their heart. God, change their mind. Show them what they've done to me. When's the last time you said, God, where's my blind spot? God, what have I done to the other person to maybe cause them to treat me the way i treated them? And Jesus said we should live and treat others the way we want to be treated. So if the truth is in that, in that scripture, then no matter what, if I love that person and forgive that person, that person will probably begin to love and forgive me back. Come on, somebody. And the answer to your problem, the answer to your, your blessing is you. You got to get real. You got to get still before the Lord. And you know what? I want to be the bigger person. What if I'm the amends maker? What if I build a bridge through the gap of, of hurt or test or trials or offense? What if I'm the one that builds that bridge? What could happen? All along the while, you're in your mind beating that person up. And if they just knew, if they just begin to, they'd just come and say sorry, then I'd say sorry. I don't think Christ would have stood in, in the wings just waiting for somebody to apologize to him. Right? Time is valuable. You may not have tomorrow. Right? So if we have broken relationships, if we have ruins of, of, of events or trauma, y'all, we got to start clearing the rubble. And walk this stuff out and begin to love people and forgive people, right? Because when we're connected, you can conquer. If the enemy can divide you and your spouse, if it can divide you and your family, if it can divide your ministry, you can't conquer. That is the strategy of the devil. He wants us to love and forgive. Look at First John 3 through 23. It says, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And what? Love one another just as he commanded us. You know what I love about Christ? He loved unconditionally, but he loved radically. He radically loved everyone. He even loved the Pharisees and Sadducees. He put them in their place, but I believe he loved them. I think it broke his heart. I think it grieved his heart that they were missing the truth right as it was staring them in the face. Why did they miss it? Because they weren't walking in love. They were walking in hate and judgment. They thought they knew it all. And if we're probably honest, we probably do the same thing because we all think we know it all. If you think you know it all, you'll probably miss God. Right? Before Jesus was crucified, he had a moment sitting on uh, the mountain overlooking Jerusalem, and it said he cried and prayed because I believe in that moment he was praying for all those that he was going to save, but he also was praying for all those who are going to miss it. Even as they nailed him to the cross, what was his heart? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why did they not know? Because they missed it. If we don't walk in love, church, we're going to miss it. Look at 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. To be a child of God, I have to know God loves me. And that revelation should then inspire me to not withhold love, but to begin to love other people. And Jesus broke down the entire law, all the law, into two commandments. A gentleman asked him and he said, All you have to do is love God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, your understanding, everything that you have, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we do those two things... You won't miss God. If you do those two things, you'll change the world. If you do those two things, you'll see people set free. If you do those two things, you'll be free. If you do those two things, you'll see signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. If you do those two things, you your life will be full. You can live with a full heart. You can walk in joy. And you can walk in peace in all those things, right? If we choose to do those things. Love is more than a feeling. It's a choice. Who's going to choose to love? Amen. You're going to choose with me? Let's choose to love together. Amen. Look at peace, the next one. Forgiveness is a game changer. Love is a game changer. And peace is a game changer. It changes the way we make decisions and interact with others. God's peace umpires our soul and governs our relationships. That is an, that's, that's, that's an amazing little statement, an amazing little thought. Have you ever thought about the peace of God umpiring your soul, umpiring your decisions? Who knows what an umpire is? An umpire in, in baseball, or we could use a referee even. What do they do? They they monitor the game to make sure no boundaries are being crossed that the, that the, that the the rules of the game are being met the rules of the game are, are 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 living out in the game and the peace of god is really that inward that 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 power the inward power that god wants to give us to umpire our souls to continue to make the right decisions to do the right things and to even not do the wrong things Right, God's peace is an inner satisfaction that has, somebody say has, has to be greater than my external circumstances. It's got to be that inward satisfaction, the peace of God, come on somebody, that's greater than the circumstances that are surrounding my life than the hard things, because I know we have some hard daily situations. We have some hard daily decisions that we have to make. And if you are not operating, living, being guided by the Holy Spirit through the peace of God, you're going to make the wrong decisions. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to hurt the person you love the most. Right? Last week, we talked about the patience of God in verse 12 of Colossians. And I really connected the two. The Lord showed me that the peace of God is directly connected to the Patience of God. The peace of God is the inward satisfaction. The patience of God is the inward peace manifested externally in my life. So if I confess I have peace, then on the outward I should demonstrate patience. Come on, somebody. You confess that you have peace, but you don't have patience with any of your family or have patience with anybody at work or patience with you fill in the blank. But oh, I have the peace of God. Right? Patience is a game changer because it has to change the way we make decisions and interact with others. When you have that inward satisfaction, no matter what's going on around you, you can just know that you're set. God, today I choose peace. I can feel your peace, and because of that, I'm going to walk in patience and forgiveness towards others and love towards others, right? Right? It's, it's, and that peace, that's what it does. It's like an umpire. It sets, the, it sets the parameters and the boundaries of my life. The things that God says I can do, the things God says I can't do, and the things, like I said, that you should say and can't say. Amen. Look at, uh, excuse me, John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking here. He says, but my peace I give you, not as the world does do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is what you need to remember this morning. You know someone, something better than whatever it is that is trying to kill, steal, and rob you of that peace, of that joy, of that moment. You know somebody better. His name's Jesus. You know something better. His name's Jesus. You know the truth of God. So why are you letting this little thing, it may be little, it may be big, I don't know, but why are you letting it come in so easily to divide and disrupt and to kill, steal, and destroy? Right? Rely on what you know. Rely on what you've seen. Rely on what God's done in your life. Rely on where God's taken you in Jesus' name. Right. Remember, you know something better. You know, you know his name. His name's Jesus. Right. Look at Matthew five nine. He says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God." We are called to make peace. I kind of already talked about this. We're called to be the ones to be quick to forgive, to begin to build bridges. And for our nation to come together in unity, a bridge is going to have to be built. And I believe it's the church's responsibility to do that. In spirit and truth, and if it compromises the word of God, we can still convey that message in love. And so we have to be peacemakers. And I can't be a peacemaker if I'm not walking in peace, right? Right? Or if I'm not walking in patience. Because some of these crazy left-wing ideas and and people, does it come in and try and steal and kill and rob and destroy anybody else's joy? Or is that just me? (laughs) I got some honest Christians in the house. Right? And I can allow that thing to either be a hindrance and further separate us. Because we don't don't agree, right? We can't agree on the things that they say and and the lies that they spew, right? But So the question for us is, church, how, how do I stand in truth but still love them from afar and build that bridge, right? We have to pray. Y'all remember uh, who Paul was before he was Paul that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? He went by uh, the name of Saul. And you know what Saul did? He didn't just kill Christians. He brutally murdered Christians. I believe some of these crazy left-wing people and ideas and ideologies, that they want to murder us. And it may come down to that. But what I want to share with you is, he had a moment, didn't he? A high horse moment, I like to call it. He was on a high horse, buddy. But it wasn't so high where Jesus Christ couldn't reveal himself in a moment. And so, he literally, if you think about it, he could have been a crazy left-wing liberal, didn't agree or believe anything that a right-wing person or middle-of-the-ground person would believe, and in a moment, not just was his entire mind changed, but his heart was changed, and now the people that he was killing, he was helping, the love of God, God gave him, that man, mercy and grace. Almost every single scripture we use every single week comes from him. Paul, who was formerly Saul. And he murdered Christians. God can use anyone. If he can do that, he can change the heart of President Joe Biden. He can change the heart of fill in the blank. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. I don't want to get all political. But our nation's in dire straits and so I hope and pray you're on your knees praying with me every day because your kids' lives and their livelihood is depending on your prayers and on your acts of service and your acts of love. Amen. Look at that last one. Wrap up with thankfulness. And this is really one the Lord was challenging me on This week and so thankfulness is a game changer because it changes our perception and fills our mouth with praise. And sometimes I feel like maybe we can get sucked into just daily life and try to think back when you first got born again or when you went to your first encounter at Liberty Church or when you really, when God's word began to come alive to you, man, you are so thankful and you are so excited and pumped up about God, Right? And church, if we don't stay in that place, that's not something we're supposed to grow out of. Do you know that? Right. The longer we live for God, God's kingdom is upside down and backwards, the more excited I should be. The more signs, miracles, and wonders I should, I should be um, seeing and experiencing and, and sharing with others. Right. It's not supposed to get stale. It's supposed to get more, more, more powerful and more exciting the longer I live for God. Right. And thankfulness, the Lord showed me is that thing that's going to protect us and keep us out of the waters of lukewarmness. Because if you're in the waters of lukewarmness in your faith, God can't use you to change the world. And thanksgiving is that thing that protects us because it brings about that excitement that I'm talking about. When you're excited about God, man, you don't have to just act like you're joyful. You are joyful. Right? You don't have to put on this facade that God is good, you believe it, right? And so thankfulness is what keeps us out of those waters of of lukewarmness. Thanksgiving, it brings about that excitement. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As we've been talking about this last four weeks, I've said we are spoilt, 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 and sometimes being spoilt can rob you of your thanksgiving giving. And so we need to be thankful for all things. And thankfulness is what sparks that joy. If you are in a place where you just you don't feel that joy, you, you know, it's always this this gray, this this thing that you're you're trying to put on or this thing you're trying to do, it's because you've probably lost your thankfulness. You're living in lukewarmness. And God wants to move you from that place to a place of seeing how blessed and how thankful you should be. y'all. You know, I, I, you know, I don't like to, to bash our nation or trash our nation. It's the best place on the face of the, of the earth to live in, no matter how it looks right now. It still is. Do you know that? And so I believe that because I'm proud of that. And I, I want you to see, you got to know how blessed you are every day. All the things that we have, we are so blessed and we need to be so thankful so we don't tread in those waters of lukewarmness. Amen. Anybody ever been on a missions trip to another nation or another country? Look at all those hands. I bet when you came back home from that trip, I bet you were thankful, weren't you? You didn't have to try to be. You began to see how thankful you are, right? But then what happened? It just wore off, right? like an old outfit. God says, remember. Remember. Right? How blessed and how thankful you are. Because when you remember, man, it'll inspire you to put up the good fight, right? Look at that last point. It says, Jesus died to give us a new covenant. We're going to wrap this up. A new nature and a new life. Jesus did his part. Now let's do ours. Let's clothe ourselves daily with this new covenant nature it's a daily thing i have to choose and jesus he did his part i'm thankful he did his part now i have a part to play see jesus didn't come to make bad men good he came to, to, to bring dead men to life come on somebody he didn't just come to make bad people good to just make, make Saul better than he was and turn him into Paul. No, he came to bring dead men to life. Dead men and women to life. And so if he's brought you to life, man, you'll do your part. Let's do our part. If dead men and women come alive, the world will change. If dead women and men will come alive, the world will be transformed for his glory if they are come alive in Christ. Philippians 2.12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He says, you've honored me while I was here, but now as I'm getting ready to depart, this is Paul getting ready close to his execution, almost sounding a lot like Jesus to the disciples, right? Right? As you've honored me while I'm here, it's more important that I go and as in my absence, your faith really has to come alive. You really got to walk this thing out because in my absence, it's even more important, right? For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in you to do what pleases Him. And what pleases Him is when sons and daughters don't just come alive in Christ, but they come home to the kingdom of God. Christ did His part. Are you willing to do yours? Are you willing to lay that thing down that the Holy Spirit's been telling you to put down? And not just put that thing down, but begin to take something new up ministry or that dream, that God, that God vision, that God sized dream that he's given you he's not going to give that to you until you do the last thing he told you to do amen, amen. y'all join me in prayer this morning Father I love you and uh, we thank you for who you are I thank you for every man and woman that's here I thank you for your spirit that speaks truth to us Thank you that you meet us where we are. And so no matter where we're at today, God, if we are spiritually on a mountaintop, if we're doing all the right things, if, if we're excited about you, God, forgiving others and walking in love, we're clothed in humility and gentleness and kindness and all these things. You still want to do more. You want to take us higher. And if maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you're not on a hilltop, maybe you're in a valley. A spiritual dark place, and you're just frustrated and angry all the time. God says it's so simple. You just have to confess that you're not God, that you trust Him. And He will drag you out, I promise you. So trust Him today, amen. Last thing I want to do is this morning, if you're here. And you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Everything I talked about today doesn't matter if he's not your Lord, if he's not your Savior, your personal Savior. Jesus told Nicodemus in the New Testament, he, he told him, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. Before we can enter into the kingdom of God, the family of God, you have to be born again. Something has to change in your heart. So if you're here today and you want to make that decision, something changed, something I said changed your heart or gave you a revelation of who God is and that He loves you and that He's for you and He's not against you. He doesn't judge you. So you want to make that decision for Christ today. If that's you right now, I want you to do something for me. No one's looking at you. We're all actually praying for the lost right now. If you want to make a change, you want to make a decision, I want you just to stand up. Just physically stand up if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today. It'll be the best decision I promise you you've ever made in your life. Best decision. I'll we'll give you a few more seconds to able to make that decision. If you're watching us online today, please put something in the chat so we know you're making that decision. Say, I'm making that decision. I'm standing, or I'm. Put an emoji in there, or say, I'm making this decision, so we can see that, so we can know. If you're born again, pray for the lost, please. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, Lord, no one is physically standing, but what I want to do is lead us all in a prayer. I, I want you all to repeat after me. So, Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We trust you. and We say yes to you today. We accept your son. We believe in Jesus. And we now confess that he is Lord and Savior of my life. God, send your spirit to help me every single day of the rest of my life to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a hand this man. Praise God. Well, hey, we love you very much. Thank you so much for coming, okay? Y'all are dismissed. Enjoy this beautiful Sunday. Come back and see us next week. Amen.